0: Welcome to another edition of the Second Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we will be previewing the top 20 wide receivers. Or actually not previewing. We're going to be recapping the top 20 wide receivers from 2020 and fantasy football. Half-point PPR, weeks 1 through 16. Like always, we'll be reviewing who finished in the top 20, their outlook for next year, uh, their fantasy prospects in general, what happened, what caused them to finish there, like we've been doing for quarterbacks and running backs the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. These have been fun shows, and I'm excited to get started. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, We've actually – I guess we have one piece of news. We're just going to jump right into it here. Um, We have one piece of news before we get started, and then we'll just get right into the top 20 wide receivers. Um, The Washington football team has released quarterback Alex Smith, who started, I believe, six games for them this year. Um, Smith obviously had an amazing comeback story, got, it was a travesty. He didn't win unanimously, but he got 45 out of 50 or 49 out of 50 votes for comeback player of the year after coming back from his gruesome leg injury, that move really, uh, frees up about, I think a little more than 14 million of cap space for Washington. So it's a move that had to be made. It's a business move, but it is still sad to see the end of an era, I mean Alex Smith is definitely going to get an opportunity to play somewhere else but I mean it is is still sad to see the end of the era in Washington. Mhm.
1: Yeah, definitely. What a great story he had. I mean that whole little documentary thing just about his leg injury, crazy to see what he had to go through and it's really a miracle that he came through and and end up playing and he played really well too. It wasn't like he was some backup. He was a solid starter. I mean it's not like he was some he was it's not like he was some crazy guy, you know, but was really impressive what he did, and he's age thirty seven too. So at that age, with that kind of injury, crazy story. Great, it was just awesome to see. I mean, I'm a Giants fan, and it was just awesome to see. I loved watching him play against the Giants.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, I think that's that pretty much covers it. It's the uh, and, but I had to be done. It was sort of a business, I guess, a business move had to be done for the uh, salary cap state of the team. And, I mean, you can't really blame Washington for doing it, although it is still, I mean, sad to see. Yeah. All right, top 20 wide receivers of 2020. Again, we're going to do uh, review them in half PPR, half point per reception scoring, weeks 1 through 16, because week 17 is kind of a fluky week where players sit out. So let's go. Number one, wide receiver on in 2020, Devontae Adams, who only played 13 games. Averaged 3.1 more fantasy points per game than the next guy, Tyreek Hill. And he's about to be the consensus wide receiver one for redraft next year as well. I mean, he's had some injury concerns, but the fact that he was still able to finish his wide receiver one makes him the wide receiver one next year. He's going to have some oh, regression. Oh, wait, wait. But... The what? wide
1: receiver one next year?
0: Yeah, Devonte Devontae Adams. You think that Tyree kills the consensus wide receiver one? No, no, I said Devonte Adams is the consensus wide receiver one. Oh. Whew. Okay. Okay, I see, can see the confusion. I mean, Devonte Adams is gonna have some regression next year, but then again, so is like Tyree Kill, who's the number two guy, because he also had his best fantasy season of his career. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Adams should be the fantasy wide receiver no, one. I
1: thought, I thought I heard you say Tyree Kill, and I,
0: I maybe I was I don't know. Maybe I wasn't clear.
1: <laughs> yeah, but anyways, Devonte Adams is definitely the consensus number one, and. uh, Tyreek Hill is a close second, but I don't think you can put him there. I mean, Devonta Adams is—he gets so much involvement, so many red zone targets. It seems like he catches a touchdown at least once a game, and that's just crazy. And it's—it's it's not like he's—it seems like fluky long touchdowns. It's like he's getting these ten yard touchdown targets and receptions, you know, mm-hmm. just all the time. He's one of the most highly targeted wide receivers in the red zone in the league.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's obviously going to regress a little bit with Aaron Rodgers throwing 48 touchdowns last year. But, I mean, Mm. he still scored a touchdown in the games that he played. He scored a touchdown in all but three games. He had five multiple touchdown games. He had two of them with three touchdowns, and he had 18 total on the season. Just an absolutely ridiculous year for Devontae Adams. So, yeah, I mean, I'll be... I don't know. I won't be probably won't be drafting him next year in redraft because he's probably going to be around that seven or eight range. And that's not really where I'm comfortable taking wide receivers, but at the back of the first, sure. Like number 11, I'd probably take him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Number two, like we said, is Tyree kill who played all 15 games. And he was sort of in a tier of his own as well. Averaging 19 fantasy points per game. No one, no other receiver averaged more than 16.9 per game. he, showed he's i mean obviously he is a deep threat which is huge for uh his fantasy stock because i mean one play like especially against good corners because against good corners like sometimes the be- even the best receivers can get shut down but tyree Hill only needs one play to have a good mm-hmm. fantasy game and yep. I mean, he also caught a lot of passes, too. It's not like he's this, like, low-target deep ball guy. He's good in PPR. He had 135 targets, 87 catches. That's not, like, the most. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the target share is there. So, yeah. he's a good player. Definitely. I mean,
1: overall, he's just one of the most talented receivers with the ball in his hands. And, like you said, Calvin, there's not a lack of times with the ball in, ball in his hands. I mean, you can definitely downgrade him a little bit in PPR, I'd say, but definitely not too much. He's still really good in that, in that
0: format. Yeah. I mean, I would say he's the wide receiver too. And Adams and Hill sort of have their own tier, but they're Mm -hmm. also in that spot where like, what's it's it's an interesting spot with the running backs there. Cause you're talking like I'm around there guys. I'd be considering like Antonio Gibson, Deandre Swift. I mean, James Robinson's definitely going to drop to there, but I mean, if he drops even further, I probably wouldn't consider him right there, but guys like that are guys who I currently have behind those two receivers, uh, depending on like how things shape out in the off season, I might change that, but, um, I'm just pulling up some other running backs. Like that's sort of, I mean, the the range where they'll probably uh, go around is like Zeke range for Adams, Jonathan Taylor range for Tyreek Hill, maybe like Aaron Jones range, uh, guys like that. They'll, They'll be around there. And, um, I mean, normally in the early rounds, I'll take the running back over the wide receiver just because it's so easy to get good wide receivers later. But, I mean, that's about where they'll probably go consensus-wise.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, really the only justifiable by, justifiable receivers to go in the first round are Devonta Adams' entire kill just because, like we said, they are in a tier of their own. So a lot of times, like, especially in past years, we've seen it where it's kind of this almost, like, clump of three to seven receivers, you know, that you could feel like could all be the number one, right? Yeah. This year, I think it's a clear top two. And so that does separate them a little bit and make it more worth it to maybe take them early. But I'm still going running back.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, I I just don't understand. I mean, it feels like, even if like Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill is going to score a lot of points for you and you draft them in the middle of the first, you're going to find that the running backs drop off a cliff so fast and running backs are just a dead zone after round three. So it's not fun to have to be searching and being like, oh man, why did I do that? I could have just had like the next breakout receiver. I could have had like T Higgins as my wide receiver too, instead of having like Devontae Adams and like whoever else you got, like Allen Robinson, and then having no running backs. Like that's a problem. All right. Um. Yeah. So number three on the list, Stefan Diggs, who is played 15 games out of 15 in the uh, first 16 weeks of the season. Since we're not including week 17. Uh, Diggs had 16.9 fantasy points per game, totaled 254 total fantasy points per game, or, I mean, not per game, 254 total fantasy points. And he really had a breakout year. He When he moved to Buffalo, it was like the best of both worlds. For Josh Allen, whose completion percentage shot up. And then for Diggs, who just had his breakout season as he could finally be the alpha one in an offense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, Diggs was just a really impressive, had a really impressive year. So many targets, so many deep balls. He was, just showed that he's a top receiver. And I mean, none of us expected this. We thought he was going to be, Good in that new offense we expected some improvement but not what he did last year it was really impressive and uh he'll definitely be back for another solid season next year
0: yeah I mean that's one of those hindsight is 2020 things fading him at like around his price where he was like wide receiver 30 that was not smart in hindsight you don't put Stefan Diggs as wide receiver 30 Mm mm-hmm yeah
1: pretty crazy to think about what that jump I mean just impressive
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, why there were some people who were on Stefan Diggs like in the industry but most most of us missed on him and it was like he was the next big breakout. And speaking of the next big breakout, number 4 fantasy wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, who played 14 out of 15 games, averaged 16.4 fantasy points per game. And the best part, the, my favorite part of what I saw from Calvin Ridley this year, I mean, obviously, it's easy for guys who maybe aren't the best receivers to produce as a wide receiver too, um, Juju Smith-Schuster. But Calvin Ridley per- proved that when Julio Jones was hurt, he could be an alpha wide receiver one. So there's no need to worry about Ridley's stock based on Julio moving on, Ridley was just as good when Julio was out there or hurt and and when Julio was out there as when Julio was hurt or when Julio was playing hurt, and that's great to see. Hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. He had another really impressive season. A lot of people expected him to take a step off. I was a little bit concerned with Julio, and I was definitely wrong there, but uh, he's a really young, talented guy that's definitely going to be at climbing to the top of our wide receiver boards for years to come. I mean, he's just, I thought he was going to be limited to a deep ball just because he's so fast and just so good in the, in the deep game. But uh, he was very good on pretty much all facets of being a wide receiver. So a really impressive season for him. And another guy, I feel like these top four I still really like for next year.
0: Yeah, same here. I mean, I think people knock on Ridley's consistency, which is kind of odd because, I mean, all wide, almost all wide receivers have like bad games, even Devontae Adams did. But people knock on his inconsistency. Yes, he got shut out in week four against the Packers. We can agree that's an anomaly. Other than that, he only had three games below double-digit fantasy points. And that's in standard. I wasn't even looking at half PPR. When you move it to half PPR, like I'm doing right now, it is actually only two games below 10 fantasy points. So other than that, shutout, It's like Ridley was as consistent as they come. And he's actually going to be very underrated next year. I mean, his fantasy pros, ECR, expert consensus ranking is not wide receiver four and that's i mean i would have him as wide receiver four for next year it's actually wide receiver six behind guys like deandre hopkins who i feel like is still getting a little too much name value and staying up there because he's not exact like he's still really good but he took a slight step down he's taken a slight step down in the last couple of years and dk metcalf who really regressed in the second half of the year he's not going to be as good next year with the seahawks planning to run the ball more Hmm.
1: yeah i i I don't know. I mean, going on over... DK Metcalf is really an interesting player to think about next year.
0: I'm avoiding him. I can't take him at wide receiver four when he has that much risk. Or actually, he's his consensus is wide receiver five, but I still can't do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's It's a really risky pick, but it's also a pick that he could end up being the number one wide receiver next year. The number
0: one? Wow. Yeah. I, I, I mean... Not, i don't think he can with the seahawks running the ball that much i really don't think his ceiling is much higher than where he is ranked like i really think his ceiling is where he is ranked and that's the problem with it
1: mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i don't i definitely feel like his i feel like his floor is really really low but his ceiling is pretty high
0: so. yeah i mean i've currently got him as the wide receiver eleven. I'm fading him like crazy. I would have like, he's going to be one of my players to avoid. He's not finishing wide receiver five next year. I, I mean, unless there's like crazy injuries at the top, I don't think he finishes at wide receiver five. But I mean, we can agree to disagree on that. I guess let's move on to uh number six, who is Deandre Hopkins who actually almost played as well as DK Metcalf because DK sort of struggled at times in the second half of the year. Averaging 15 fantasy points per game, scoring 224.8 total in those 15 games. He's still a great player, but he's not like fantasy pros has him as the wide receiver three, which is a little bit high just because just because of fantasy finish. He finishes the wide receiver five. Yes, Kyler Murray was hurt for some of that season. And I mean, maybe it's reasonable to accept, expect some sort of a step up from him. But I wouldn't really be comfortable ranking him too high because you have these guys like Stephon Diggs and Calvin Ridley, who we just talked about, who are going to be studs for years to come. Then Justin Jefferson, who just had an amazing rookie season. A.J. Brown, who's an absolute beast. Then I actually have Keenan Allen ahead of DeAndre Hopkins right now, which I actually think I'm going to go ahead and change that. Yeah, oh, what? Yeah, actually, I I I did forget that. I, I forgot about that, how Kyler Murray had a hurt throwing arm. But yes, I, I will get DeAndre Hopkins above Keenan Allen. So. Do you have DeAndre Hopkins so low? Because, I mean, he's just – he didn't produce the same way this year. He's yeah. still a yes, great player, is. but it's name value. and, yes, he's con- uh, consistently year in and year out great wide receiver. But I have A.J. – like the guys I have ahead of him aren't that ridiculous. Maybe Keenan Allen was ridiculous. But A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs, that's not ridiculous at all. Where do
1: you have him at again?
0: Now I have him at six. Or, no, I have him at seven. I used to oh, have him okay, at okay, yeah, seven's not bad. Okay.
1: Behind – above Keenan. Or behind Keenan Allen, though, I was like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm gonna, I switch I'm switching that up. Mm-hmm.
1: But, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree around that value. I'd maybe have him ahead of Justin Jefferson, but that's it.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, Jefferson's a player I really like above his uh, ADP right now, or his ranking. Um, all right. So, but number seven, in fact, was Justin Jefferson who averaged 14.2 fantasy points per game. Yes, that's less than DeAndre Hopkins had averaged. But when you go to week three through 16, the first two weeks he was barely used. After that, he averaged 15.6 fantasy points per game, while Hopkins averaged 14.3. So, I mean, uh, Jefferson did outplay Hopkins this year for the majority of the season fa- for fantasy purposes. And uh, he was an absolute great breakout. Had... Probably the second-best rookie season of all time. People are saying it's the best, but then you forget how OBJ had over – I think it was over 1,300 yards in just 12 games. So you can't really – just because Justin Jefferson broke the receiving record, OBJ missed four games, and Justin Jefferson still only beat him by about 100 yards.
1: What is that?
0: Did you hear that, Calvin? Yeah, I heard that. That was weird.
1: I was going on ESPN to look up some stats and uh, some ESPN video
0: started playing <laughs> – All right, well, I didn't really hear much of it, so I don't think we're going to get sued. It's all right. That's pretty funny, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, anyways,
1: I mean, Justin Jefferson, I'm a little bit worried about the quarterback play. I don't trust that. I don't trust Kirk Cousins to be the massive deep ball guy. and I think he's regressing every single year. Like, he's just regressing a little bit more. I don't trust Justin Jefferson just because of that reason. He still has competition from Adam Thielen, which a lot of people forget about. I just think that while it was a great rookie season, I don't think he's going to find my top seven.
0: Okay, interesting. I mean, it's not like that's not uh, that's not definitely not an outlandish take based on like where he's been ranked. But I mean, I like him more than others. And even if you don't have him as like where I have him, which is like the wide receiver, probably like five. I might move him down to like six, maybe at worst seven. But um, like I would, I think I would have him in my top seven for sure. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Number eight, <laughs> the guy you mentioned, Adam Thielen, actually averaged fifteen points, fantasy points per game playing in 14 out of those 15 games. And uh, I mean, let's look during weeks three through 16 though, because of Jefferson breakout week during weeks three through 16. Thielen was actually a little bit worse at 14.7, but I mean, you do forget people forget how good he was. He's a fantastic player. And I mean, he's getting old. He's 30, but he's a great slot receiver. One of the best in the game. So, I mean, yeah, great for next year.
1: Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. I mean, he, had a really solid season next year. And I don't see why there's going to be
0: a ton of regression coming here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's well, I mean, Irv Smith might take some targets because like those slot targets versus tight end targets are always difficult. But yeah, I mean, I, I, he's still a great receiver and he might actually end up being undervalued in redraft next mm-hmm.
1: year. Yeah. I mean, I don't think a lot, I think a lot of people are going to be expecting some, something massive to change, but I still think he's a really solid receiver.
0: Mm hmm. All right, uh, let's see. Who is number nine? I got to pull this up. Sorry, I didn't have it pulled up right away. Mike Evans, number nine receiver, 13.8 fantasy points per game. Played all 15. And he, I mean, even with competition for targets, I think in the start of the mm-hmm. season, Brady... Tom Brady really didn't throw to Mike Evans, but as Bruce Arians sort of adjusted the offense, I think Brady got more comfortable with going to like a more deep threat guy like Evans. And I think it'll help him if he re-signs with Tampa. Like I'm, I assume if they, well, actually no, Evans is under contract. But if I think at least one of Godwin and Antonio Brown will leave, which should help Evans for next year. I actually do like Evans. And people forget the longest stretch of 1,000 yard seasons to start a career is seven seasons and that record belongs to Mike Evans who beat Randy Moss's record. Like Mike Evans is one of the most underrated wide receivers in football and I have him as my wide receiver nine. I think it like it's, having him as a top 10 guy is certainly fair for next year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, so they've got a lot of changes coming through too. We don't know what's going to happen with Antonio Brown. Chris Godwin is also a free agent. There's uh, been some talk that he could be re-signed on the franchise tag there are a lot of moving parts. We know Mike Evans isn't going to move though. We know Tom Brady isn't leaving. So I think that that combination is still going to be there. And yeah, I mean, Bruce Arians was really able to open up Tom Brady in the deep game and allow him to find guys like Mike Evans. And then obviously we saw how good Mike Evans is in the red zone and having a target like that. I mean, there's no way that a good quarterback like Brady isn't going to throw to him a lot. So
0: yeah, something I love to see smoking hot value next year. Mike Evans is ranked as the wide receiver 15. He's somehow two spots behind Chris Godwin. I don't understand that he's six spots behind Allen Robinson. I don't understand that either. And I like Robin. I love Robinson as a player, but he's going to be a smoking hot value. Nobody who's ranked yet on fantasy pros has him above 10. All none, none of the 33 experts who have it so far. Yeah.
1: That's a little bit ridiculous to me. I mean, he's just such a dominant player and he catches so many touchdowns and he's one of the players that isn't necessarily touchdown dependent. Like he still does he still get some yards and receptions, but he definitely is helped by how many touchdowns he scored. But the other thing is, it's not like he's going to totally lose, have massive touchdown regression. You know, he's a really good red zone receiver. And Tom Brady's going to continue to throw to him in the red zone because that's what's been working for them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for him next year, I think. And I didn't realize he was this low in rankings. Number 10, Allen Robinson. Also, I averaged 13.8 fantasy points per game, was 0.3 behind Mike Evans for the year. But Evans had some extenuating circumstances. So, Evans was, I mean, yes, Robinson may have been more trustworthy throughout the year. But when Evans wasn't dealing with like not being like being ghosted and out and like not being thrown to, except like a couple passes in the red zone, I remember that 2 2 and 2 game early in the year. It's like, oh man, Mike Evans is going to regress. It feels like, but he actually never did it was just brady just started throwing to him more
1: mhm yeah definitely and that's that's pretty much what happened i mean yeah oh mike evans i just feel like i could grab him so late in redraft and get such good value out of him
0: mhm yeah it's going to be great uh number 10 is allen robinson though he's a free agent he could be franchise tagged by the bears i mean the franchise tag is actually somewhat affordable for wide receivers but i think he'll still hover around like back-end wide receiver one range probably Mm -hmm.
1: yeah definitely I mean it really does depend on what team he goes to In the Bears I think he'd hover around that back-end wide receiver one range but uh, on another team I think that he his value could grow exponentially I mean he is a really talented player who can definitely handle a huge workload one of the highest reception guys so in PPR and half PPR definitely upgrade him I'm going to wait to see where, how this whole free agency thing shakes up with him. But right now with the Bears, I'd have him as a back-end wide receiver one, maybe a 10, 11, 12, that range.
0: All right. um, Yeah, it's, I- I'm trying to think, what would be the ideal landing spot for him? Oh, man. Mm. let me, Like, realistically, what could happen? Ideal? Maybe Miami? That would be good. I mean, yeah, if Tua can take a step up. That's the key. I mean, there.
1: even, I mean, I'm a Giants fan, so I say this, but even the Giants, I don't think would be bad <laughs> for him because Daniel Jones has never had a tough receiver. And Daniel Jones, I think he's shown flashes. That could be a nice combo.
0: If the Giants get Allen Robinson, I'm going to be all in on Daniel Jones next year. He, show, he showed that he was a fine quarterback at the end of last year.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he limited his turnovers. So there's no worries about him being benched or something. And when And he has a great running ability too. So that's another thing that a lot of people forget about.
0: Yeah, you said the fastest, like, I think you might have said this on the live show, the fastest, like, quarterback run all season or something, or maybe it was on the podcast. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Yep,
1: he's run the fastest of any quarterback uh, in the last three years on his touchdown run where he ended up falling over.
0: (laughs) All right, number 11, Keenan Allen played 14 out of 15 games, actually outscored Allen Robinson in points per game. It's going to be interesting. I mean, uh. Brandon Staley, new head coach, defensive-minded head coach. They also have a new offensive coordinator. I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, I think, oh, Joe Lombardi is the new offensive coordinator. And I think he's a guy who said that he likes to throw to the running back. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if Austin Eckler's targets increase or not. I wouldn't expect a huge drop-off from Allen, but... I mean, if Justin Herbert tries to work in other receivers in Eckler, maybe a little bit, it's kind of, he's just sort of, I don't know. He's not the most exciting player to draft, which may, may make him fall down draft boards. In fact, I mean, let me just pull up his uh consensus ranking right now. I'll look at the consensus. And Keenan Allen is the wide receiver 11, which is actually more reasonable. So he's not like, going to be a crazy value next year or anything, but mm-hmm. he could be.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Justin Herbert is, gonna continue to grow and I think he's gonna be a really talented quarterback that we hear a lot about coming in these future years. And then another guy I like because of that is Austin Eckler. So yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. I think Calvin
1: will disagree on Austin Eckler. We'll debate that more as the offseason continues.
0: Yeah Austin Eckler injury prone, hurt. He's fine between the tackles. He's a very talented player, but when has he shown other than like those four games or excuse me, that he can be a, a like a bonafide like rb1 where you have like that rb6 ranking he's just too injury prone for me and i mean with herbert in that offense except
1: for that one thing
0: okay but i mean last year or last year when he came back he just was kind of meh like i know he didn't play that many games like he didn't really why is great he had so many receptions not really if you look at his he didn't really with his stats he had
1: so many receptions
0: no he didn't Let's see. In his last games, he had no, he had he did have more than most running backs, but it's not like Austin Eckler. Well, it's not like what people are like, oh, he's going to get 10 receptions a game. He did have a lot of receptions, but he just wasn't like he wasn't that. He was very good, but he wasn't that great. I don't expect him to be especially in Herbert's like great rookie season. I don't know if Herbert gets that much better than what he did in his rookie year. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not I don't really trust uh, especially you have him over Alvin Kamara. No way in my opinion. Let me uh, find his 2020
1: stats. Here you go. 2020, in weeks 13, uh, when did he come back? It looked like he came back week 11. 11 receptions, 4 receptions, 9 receptions, 4 receptions, 3 receptions, 6 receptions.
0: Is that targets or receptions? Receptions. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, well that's... Targets
1: are 16 targets, 9 targets, 9 targets, 4 targets, 3 targets, 7
0: targets. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, no, I remember the 16. After the 16 game, though, I mean, it wasn't... Okay, maybe. I mean, he, he does get a lot of catches, I guess, but it's not like it's... I don't know if it's as high as we've seen from him in the past. I could be wrong, though. Mm-hmm. But he... Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to be solid, though. All right. Uh, Number 12, Robert Woods quietly snuck to that position. 13 fantasy points per game. He's going to be interesting again next year. His consensus is wide receiver 17 on fantasy pros. And with Matthew Stafford, a QB upgrade, I don't know if that actually makes that much of a difference because, I mean, he was solid. It might make him a little more consistent, but he's going to be a solid wide receiver too, I would say, next year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that it's just tough because obviously lots of moving parts, but yeah, I agree with you. He's going to be around that solid wide receiver too range. I think you're going to know sort of what you're getting from him.
0: Mhm. Yeah. All right, so it's, it's like he wasn't as consistent as in years past. He wasn't like classic Robert Woods, but he got the points. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's what he always does. He gets the points. He manages to find the end zone a few games, but he always gets a lot of yards. And I think Matthew Stafford is definitely going to kind of lock him into that sort of wide receiver two range.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, uh, number 13, Tyler Lockett. Oh, man. Absolutely regressed in the second half of the season. 12.6 fantasy points per game. He had one game with 45 points. He actually had, like, I heard this on the fantasy footballers. Want to know how many top 24 performances Tyler Lockett had in 2020? Sure. Three. Exactly.
1: And that's why I do not like him next year.
0: He's not gonna be a top 24 that ridiculous regression is coming i can't believe with three top 24 performances that he made it to wide receiver 13 how is that even possible
1: i know yeah that it's just crazy it just shows that his value is way overrated by one massive 45 point game
0: yeah i guess that's true i mean he really did have like three games and that was it all right mm-hmm. no i mean i would just i'm just it's going to be very tough to draft him. He's just been inconsistent throughout the years. And every year it's like a Tyler people predict Tyler Lockett's going to get more consistent. It's just not going to happen. And even if he winds up mustering like wide receiver 20 next year, I I can't just, I can't, I can't draft him. You have to avoid him. Because you also have to think about the trust factor. Like, say Tyler Lockett has a bunch of good games, a bunch of blow-up games. But he also has a bunch of bad games. And, like, you don't start him during the good games because he's been bad other games. That hurts your fantasy team, and that means he wasn't as good for you as the— I think you're um, always going to be starting him.
1: But, yeah, you're definitely not going to get what you wanted a lot of times. And even if he does finish better— Even if he does finish, like just because I rank him as wide receiver 20 doesn't necessarily mean that I think he's going to finish. Like, I well, it kind of does, but it's like a lot of times my rankings are based on who I want you to draft in what order, right? I mean, obviously,
0: (laughs) a lot of the times, not always, but sometimes.
1: (laughs) But anyway, so if someone's going to be super inconsistent like Tyler Lockett and have one 45 point game that's going to lift his ranking up by like five spots. Then I'm going to rank him five spots lower or four spots lower because, you know, that one big game doesn't have that much value to me.
0: I mean, yeah, it wins you a week, but you're, th- yeah, I you're mean, drafting mainly a player to win you a championship, not to
1: win or to help you win the championship, not to win you one week.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, you just, oh, I'm just avoiding him. You can't, if you can't mm-hmm. rely on a guy for to start for you week in and week out, then those like half of those blow up games aren't even going to matter because it's like, oh, shoot, I left him on my bench. And then he's just really bad for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. wide receiver 14 aj brown played 13 games 14.3 fantasy points per game and he really just like he he didn't really regress from last year he proved he was an outlier everyone was like oh aj brown had a ridiculous yards after catch well yeah that's because he's the best yards after catch receiver in the league and i was on that narrative myself but he's just an absolute beast he's i'm i mean he's better than tyreek hill yards in, in terms of getting yards after the catch in terms of rack yards. In my opinion, he's the best wide receiver in the league at that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And he's just so dynamic with the ball in his hands and his ability to adjust in the air to make just these incredible plays. Is, it's something that we haven't seen. I mean, he was a second round pick. So not a lot of people foresaw like him becoming some insane player, but he's definitely been one of the, he's one of the, I mean, in my opinion, he's the number one dynasty wide receiver just because he's so talented and so good and especially playing off that play-action game with Derrick Henry. And then you look at – he didn't even have that many receptions last year. I mean, like, mm-hmm. if he can start getting some massive Davis workload leaves. and his workload just continues to grow, which I expect it will, he's
0: going to be incredible. If Corey Davis leaves, that's going to be gr- ridiculous. All right, I'm yeah, in, P- in PP yeah, mm-hmm. In PBR, A.J. Brown is the wide receiver four right now in Fantasy Pro's Dynasty consensus, but the highest is wide receiver one, and there are some people who believe that, like you, Chris, that A.J. Brown is Dynasty wide receiver one, which is fair. I mean, he, he's he's lot, he's young. He's incredibly talented, and, I mean, he, his, he does kind of have a brutal play style, though. It sometimes comes back to haunt him. He, a lot of the time, it was kind of tough to see because a lot of times when you have him on the, your team, like I did last year, it's like, oh, shoot, he's limping off to the sidelines. Is he going to be okay? You know, like, stuff like that. hmm Yeah. But, uh, he's, he's tough. He usually plays through it. And he played through, like, oh, I'm trying to remember, was it a knee injury that they said he, would yeah, have to he miss... had to miss? And he had surgery on both of his knees in the offseason? Yeah, he they said in week two that he was out for the year, and he didn't miss a beat. He missed, like, three more games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous what a freak athlete yeah i mean if he just played with like two like bum knees and did all of that oh I know. man like i mean a- he
1: sat out pretty much every single practice every single week he was on the questionable list because they had him sitting out practice so when yeah. you know it's bad and oh my when he comes back next year now there is one side of that though is it concerning that he had trouble with both of his knees
0: mm, maybe but i mean he, he he's uh I don't know. Not. I don't. This doesn't feel like a Todd Gurley situation. One knee, but to have both knees. It doesn't feel like a Todd Gurley. I feel like he's gonna just. I I don't. I. I don't know if he's actually gonna get that much better because of this, because he's just so good. But maybe. I mean, because he's already so good. But I don't know if it's like it's not Todd Gurley situation for me because with Todd Gurley was dealing with knee injuries, he looked bad on the field. AJ Brown looked like he wasn't hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right, so number – wide receiver 15, Amari Cooper. That's really impressive that he finished as the wide receiver 15 with Andy Dalton as his quarterback for most of the year. And that, like, C.D. Lamb is sort of the breakout uh, Cowboys receiver pick. Amari Cooper is the guy who you're going to get, like, wide receiver one with borderline maybe solid wide receiver two numbers for sure next year. And he's just so consistent. He was actually very consistent. He only had, like, a couple bad games. Even with Andy Dalton, he was – just consistently getting catches. And like that was kind of a tough, that's tough for other uh, Cowboys receivers, but he proved that even when Dak was out, like he was the go to guy. And yes, CD Lamb's gonna feel like it's with CD Lamb. He's one of the most popular breakout picks next year. I feel like it might be like a Mike Evans, Chris Godwin situation or a Julio, Calvin Ridley where they can both succeed.
1: Uh, yeah, I do. I don't really like Amari Cooper next year. I am on that C.D. Lamb kind of breakout train. I think that he's gonna have a really nice season because when when I mean when Dak was playing, he was so good, and I just think that he's gonna progress into that number one guy. And I mean, there's been multiple games where just Amari Cooper hasn't had that much of an impact, which makes him almost a little bit inconsistent in my guy, my eyes. And I mean, I just don't like him that much. I think that he's uh, I don't I don't see him as the top guy there.
0: Well, no, I mean, that I don't think that's fair to call Amari Cooper consistent. I think it's fair to not have him as the top guy, but I still think, especially since that they that offense was so good and they passed so much, that's probably obviously going to come down, but Amari Cooper was incredibly consistent. Let's hear his lines after Dak went out in week five. 12, 17.4, 12, 1, 10, 11.1, 20.2, 13.8, 13.1, 1.3, 14.1. So, yeah, I said a couple bad games. Other than that, he was absolutely nice he was really nice and cd lamb was significantly worse than cooper during that stretch that's not really obviously it's not cd lamb's fault but it's that to say that cooper's just like his floor is really nice in my opinion mm-hmm. for next year
1: yeah i i just have to disagree here calvin i much rather have uh cd lamb and i think that cd I, lamb's floor in my eyes is is nicer than a mark cooper's
0: i mean it's fine i i, I didn't say it's I mean, I, I'm I haven't really decided between Cooper and Lamb next year. I think they're probably at least pretty close. I just think that Coop they can both be really good, and maybe Lamb is better than Cooper. I'm not arguing against that, but I don't I don't think it's fair to call Cooper inconsistent because he really was as consistent as they come, especially with a backup quarterback.
1: Yeah, I just I see CD Lamb taking over that wide receiver one rule. That's the biggest thing for me.
0: All right, number six, wide receiver sixteen, CD Lamb, right here. We already talked about him, but I mean, he's an absolutely exactly. and his rookie.
1: You're telling me in his rookie season with the worst quarterback, when he was playing so much better with Dak that now all of a sudden when Dak comes back, CD Lamb progresses. Amari Cooper gets a year older. That CD Lamb's not going to finish higher than him. That's just ridiculous. Oh, I mind. didn't say that. I didn't say he wouldn't. I'm not talking to you. I'm just saying that some people who okay. say that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the difference with Lamb in the second half of the year was that Amari Cooper only had two games below 10. CD Lamb had a seven, or no, or Amari Cooper had three. Well, we're not counting week 17. So CD Lamb had six. Amari Cooper had two. So uh, he was, CD Lamb was still good. And I mean, a lot of those games like weren't like one like Amari Cooper had. So I guess CD Lamb actually wasn't quite as bad as I thought, but I think it made it tough to rely on him when he got. Like his inconsistent games were like a little too many. But that I mean, that's with Andy Dalton, with Dak Prescott. I agree. I really like CeeDee Lamb as a breakout next year. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make that mistake again. CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins on that train for next year. hmm Yeah, I like it. I'm, right. definitely, I'm definitely with you there, Calvin. Wide receiver 17. Wow. Robbie Anderson. Ooh, if the Panthers get Zach Wilson, Curtis Samuels likely to leave. If the Panthers get Zach Wilson, DJ Moore is gonna blow up next year. Robbie Anderson is gonna be really nice next year. Because mm-hmm. I love, love, love Zach Wilson. Yeah,
1: Calvin's way too high on Zach Wilson, but I don't mind
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> That's he's he's the I Honestly, like. I'm not going to go with consensus here. I'm going to put Zach Wilson as my quarterback one ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to be nice in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. I really liked what I saw from Lawrence. He looked extremely pro-ready on film. His pocket awareness was just like, you never see pocket awareness that good from a quarterback. But watching Zach Wilson, he, he literally basically was... Like, a college Mahomes. And before you talk about, like, how BYU had a bad, like, schedule, let's look at their football schedule for this year. I mean, I'm trying to – let's see if I can find it on um, ESPN. I want to see, like, which teams were ranked because they actually played quite a few ranked teams. So, BYU Cougars. They played one, two, they, they played three top 25 teams. That's not something you often see. And that not just top 25. They also played good teams like Houston, who wasn't top 25, but they were very good. Um, I mean, they also played, I guess, Navy. I don't remember how good Navy was that year. If I can go see. Or I guess they weren't that good. But still, I mean, he played multiple good teams, and he really just went off and i his arms talent is ridiculous his mobility is ridiculous you're telling me that a player with that arm talent is not going to succeed in the nfl i mean it would be one thing if he was just like incredibly terrible inside and outside the pocket but he is aware of what's going on around him he's aware against the blitz so i i mean if the panthers get zach wilson i mean i think the jets might honestly but if the panthers get him oh man that's gonna be so nice for fantasy next year Mm -hmm. yeah i know
1: going to be it's going to be pretty
0: crazy all right well that was my zach wilson that's my uh weekly zach wilson uh piece i'll be talking about him every week until we get to the season Mm -hmm. yeah i mean honestly if he goes to the panthers he's like pretty much a top 12 quarterback for me next year probably like i i I, that when we do like i mean i think we decided chris that we would do like our 10 bold take and then like do one per episode heading up to the season Mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: yeah jack wilson might be involved in one of those
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah calvin's gonna right when he gets drafted calvin's either gonna be like no he's on the wrong team or he's gonna be like top 10 or top five fantasy quarterback you know
0: mm, yeah all right um so let's see i guess number 18 and I think Robbie Anderson is like, if he doesn't get another quarterback, he might finish around that mid to back end wide receiver two range. Number 18, Juju Smith-Schuster. He really busted this year. I was very really happy about my Juju Smith-Schuster pick. People had him as a borderline wide receiver one, but he can't play as a wide receiver one in an offense. He's just not able to handle that pressure. And yes, while Juju started playing a little bit better in, later in the season, you know why that was? Because of Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson playing better than him. That That's mm-hmm. why. Or at least playing like pretty much as good. He had other guys to take pressure off of him. He can't be the alpha in an offense, and that's why I think if he goes to the Colts in free agency, it's going to be very big, huge, massive bust next year. Okay, fair enough.
1: I yeah, I I kind of like I like this. I mean, you say you are correct
0: about Juju Smith-Schuster. How about me? Oh right, well you ranked him exactly right. I had I mean, him around consensus, I think. So you I mean, have to consider injuries, though. Injuries, Christopher. Injuries,
1: injuries. Injuries, oh, injuries. No point, right? Yes, exactly injuries. Correct. It would earn me the most points on the thing. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, I guess, oh, sorry, I got to pull it up. Number 19, Terry McLaurin played 14 games. Get this man a quarterback. He played with two high ankle sprains, not even the one we know about. He played with another high ankle sprain last year. It's like A.J. Brown. Terry McLaurin is such a good player. I'm going to be looking for him in drafts next year. He's wide receiver 14 in fantasy pros consensus. I mean, I might even – that's a nice spot for me. I, it's not like a crazy value, but I'll go wide receiver 14, Terry McLaurin all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and fair enough. Last one before we wrap it up. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 20. I guess he actually finished behind Juju Smith-Schuster. Let's see what his game log looked like because, I mean, I think he did better late in the season. Like it was – or it was some – let's see. Yeah, he did do a lot better late in the season. Like late in the season, he was definitely outperforming Juju. Uh, Early in the season, he had like a couple of really bad games or three like really bad games in the first half. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really take away from my Juju point. But he's a good player. He proved it. It's going to be kind of tough to compete for targets there. Actually – I mean if juju leaves i do like deontay johnson next year because ben roethlisberger showed that he would pepper him with targets drops Mm -hmm. were an issue but when you get that many targets you're going to be fine in terms of drops. yeah
1: i think he'll we'll definitely see improvement from deontay he's a really talented receiver so i i definitely like him next year
0: all right that's it for the show thank you for listening (laughs) <laughs> okay chris is apparently just Tell me, you have to
1: roll the credits we we oh yeah to...
0: we haven't done the credits and like the full credits i mean the credits are very tiring to do i mean i guess i've just sort of gotten away from it you can follow us on twitter at sgfpond. follow our podcast for updates and you can follow me who's very entertaining on twitter at calvin underscore sgf and chris who i mean doesn't use twitter the most but you, we can respect it and he's not addicted to social media at chris underscore i like how you just just
1: basically say that you're addicted to social media (laughs) Calvin.
0: no i didn't i'm saying i'm injured i mean i use it but i don't need to like crazy i'm good i'll stay off of it for like long long periods so uh yeah whatever i'm just i'm just saying it's a good thing that to not be whoa we just got some off-season news we got a Talk about this before um, I'm trying to find the source. I got a sleeper notification. So from the sleeper app says the Texans reportedly are willing to let Deshaun Watson sit out the 2021 season. Wow. That's crazy. Oh man.
1: Deshaun Watson's value is going down, down,
0: down, down, down. It's like the Le'Veon Bell situation. Can you imagine if it's like, okay, this is the week that Le'Veon or Deshaun Watson comes back. Never does. <laughs> mm-hmm oh, man. See, that's that's crazy except you don't literally have a handcuff that can win you a league, that's the problem all right you can follow our uh, live show on twitter at Talk for updates on the show and that's always a um that show's always a lot of fun we're gonna be doing a our show's usually on saturday from 7 to 8 p.m eastern but uh next week it's gonna be on sunday at that time so that we can fill out our March Madness brackets live on the show. So you don't want to miss that. Follow us on Twitter at talk. Click the link in the description to go find our show. And I mean, you can go find uh, our website for rankings, rookie profiles, and articles. That's all up right now. Our f- podcast website, uh, sites.google.com view slash second and goal fantasy. So, I mean, there's a link in the description, but for some reason, it doesn't, the link doesn't show up on all podcast sites. So in case like your link is not working, that's the link sites.google.com slash view slash second goal fantasy. You can also go to our Twitter at SGF pod. You don't even have to have a Twitter account. You can just go to twitter.com slash SGF pod and click the link in the description. And so, um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Is that it? Did I miss anything? Yeah, that's about it. Uh, so. Email us at second fantasy at gmail.com with questions or contact us on Twitter. That's probably preferable. Although, uh, um yeah I'm, i mean i'm more on twitter more often than chris so i don't know but uh so yeah i mean we can we're willing to answer your questions though. or you can email us email us uh with questions for our live show at secondgoal sports gmail.com. i mean i we don't usually get emails there but i usually i check those i'll probably get back to you within 24 hours of an email and twitter it might be sooner so yeah that's that's all for today's episode Next week, we got episode 60, the tight end review episode. 60 episodes. Amazing. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And we will see you. Oh, I almost I was about to stop the recording. I always forget to play the outro. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.